Stand by to launch FanStream Sports. Three, two, one. Let's start. Hello, sports fans. Welcome to FanStream Sports. Nothing, nothing but pure sports. Today's episode is brought to you by the Highlands Performance Golf Center, North Dallas's premier golf practice facility with over 65 grass tees, two practice putting surfaces, a short game area, and an 18-hole mini golf course. With covered and heated tees, it's the best place to practice your game year-round. The Highlands Performance Golf Center is located in Carrollton on Trinity Mills in between Marsh and Midway. Give them a call at 972-733-4111 or check them out on the web at highlandspgc.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome into another edition of From the Rough, America's favorite golf podcast, live from the FanStream Sports Studios here in North Dallas. I'm Indy Tim, joined alongside, as I always am, Mr. PGA of America member himself, John Gerber. Hello, Johnny. Good morning. We are back. We are back in studio after a couple weeks out of studio. Well, you so, were. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're always in studio. You always I live here. I know. You should. <laughs> you should. You should change. Did you forward your address or your mails here? I saw some mail when I walked in today. Only the ones I don't need. <laughs> That's right. That's all I care about. That's right. Big week in golf. Big week in golf. Big week in golf. We've got two tournaments to recap for you on this Monday edition of From the Rough. Uh, we're going to get into the WGC Dell Technologies match play from down in Austin, where Johnny was for a short time. Yeah. And then the 2023 Corrales Punta Cana Championship, by the way, as we mentioned on Wednesday's preview of both of these tournaments. I think maybe the Corrales was the more interesting of the two. Yeah, we talked about that, right? You we, you talked about uh, how much you would probably watch a little bit more mm-hmm. on the weekend, just b- maybe because it was a little diluted field. That's as the field in, at uh, <clears throat> down in Austin kind of petered out a little bit. wasn't as many players. That didn't mean it wasn't exciting, mm-hmm. but you know you got a full field down in uh, um, in Dominican, and it was cool. That both both tournaments are good. I I like both tournaments, and you're you're right. I watch a little bit more probably of. Um, of Dominican, probably because a little bit I was tired tired from Austin. Yeah. So uh, just kind of chilling out on the couch and doing some work at home and uh, things like that. So, yeah, great great week in golf, and we had some good champions and some good tournaments. So uh, getting into the Corrales, we will do the, uh, the WGC recap after the break, but let's get into the Corrales just a little bit. Uh, Matt Wallace, first career PGA Tour win. I believe, if my math was correct, and it not always is, but uh, he's the fifth first-time winner on the tour this season. Yeah, yeah, it's it's just one of those events. Again, it, it was a it was a second-tier event or a, a off-field event. So, you know, he it's still a PGA Tour win. You know, the guys have kind of been a world. He's been a world beater, or not a world beater, but he's played really well in Europe for a long time. So now him getting the opportunity to come over here, he had some conditional status on the PGA Tour. But him coming back over here gives him full status for two years. It doesn't give him everything uh, for a normal PGA Tour when he doesn't get in the Masters. He doesn't get in. Um, he doesn't get in the Century Tournament mm-hmm. Championship, which I think they they need to change that. I think any of the winners should get in that. Not really definitively the. No, Masters. he gets he gets in the Century. You sure? Yeah, that's what I read. Uh, he didn't get into the Masters, but he gets into the. Uh, okay, good. Okay, yeah. Okay, that's good. Now I'm glad they changed because I know in the past that they didn't. So I think a little bit uh, they're trying to build that field a little bit more. So no, that that's great that he did did get in century. But yeah, the guy's been a good player. He's played well this year. Um, he's he's been in contention. He played pretty good at um, the Players' Championship. Right. You know, right there towards the end until we had a little bit of a boiling over. But yeah, the guys the guy's been a good player for a long time, and it's good to see him get a tour win. Yeah. So what I'm reading here is he doesn't get into the Masters, of course, because it's an opposite field event, but. He is set for the PGA Championship in the Century Tournament of Champions next year at Kapalua. Good. Yeah, that's so, right. And it should be that way, right? I mean, yeah, come I mean, on. They're making that field a little bit bigger. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know why. It's probably one of the hiccups that the PGA Tour potentially did to make Century an elevated field event, mm-hmm. which I don't think they, they should because the field is so small. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what they're going to do is, as opposed to just having the winners of the past year play in the tournament, they're going to do two-year winners. So make the field a little bit bigger, and I think they're going to get a few more exemptions because they they just got a lot of they were getting a lot of slack from uh, making an elevated field event with only potentially having maybe thirty players, and a lot of the players that didn't really feel that was fair, even even the higher end players. Yeah, and you know it's 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 I like the two year rule too because you know you may have some guys that finished kind of hot the previous year, but then whatever reason go cold for that year, and you still kind of want to see those guys 
play with the guys from the current winners of the current season or the previous season. I, I don't have a problem with that at all because, again, I'd like to see more players in it Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, just to make it that much more competitive, and it gives the, gives these guys that win some of these alternate field events, you know, a, a chance for two years, you know, to to be involved in the PGA Tour part of it, and uh, that can only be a good thing. Well, a little of the caveat also is that you look at they still get so the guys who potentially, and I was going kind of scrolling down the leaderboard, um, yeah, like a guy like Ricky Barnes, right? See if he finished. Right. He hadn't heard from Ricky in a while, and a couple other players there that they finished in the top ten. So now, even though they finished, they finished in the top ten last week. They get in this week at Valero. You know, so that was really one of the benefits. Also, you know, Ricky's Rick, Ricky's going on past status. Doesn't really have a lot of status on the PGA Tour, but he finished in the top ten. So he's going to play Valero right. this week. And it happened. A couple of those guys uh, happened the same way. So you know, there was there was still some opportunities for for these guys, even though that it wasn't a WGC event. But the guys who kind of played well, there there's some there's some more opportunities for them coming down the road. So Wallace ran off four straight birdies down the stretch at Corrales uh, and closed with two solid pars for a six under 66. He was on the putting green when Nikolai Hogard, the 22-year-old from Denmark, playing on a sponsor's exemption, which you like to see that, right? One of these guys on a sponsor's exemption coming in to compete uh, in these alternate field events. I like it. So Hogard had a 20-foot birdie putt on the 18th that would have forced a playoff, but it just missed. And I was kind of pulling for it because I love playoffs. And I don't really have a, you know either one of these guys in my – in my camp here. So man, playoff golf is always great golf, you know, and, and especially on a, on an alternate field event like this. Um, so Hogard uh, ended up scoring the 68. Wallace is a four-time winner on the European tour. He finished at 19 under 269 to win for the first time in his 80th career start on the PGA tour. How many starts did it take you before you won your first major? Uh, how many? How many do we still have going? <laughs> oh yeah, the, the, the same amount as you. How right. about that? How, Neither how about one. That? <laughs> you know what? I've won the same amount of majors as you have. That's right. Yeah, that's right. You know, you want to hear something cool about uh, Nikolai? You know, he has a twin brother, Rasmus, and they're both uh, they're they're both just they're they're up and coming mm-hmm. stars, young guys on the European tour, and they they are they're going to be two guys, and, and it's never happened. First off. Uh, to have two brothers on the, that they're probably going to make that Ryder Cup team, and on top of right. that is twins making a Ryder Cup. So there, that could be some interesting stuff there. They're both they're both world class players, right. man. And uh, you know, Rasmus will get some starts, and then Nikolai will get some starts, and you know. Hell, sometimes I don't know who's who. They might be switching it up, see who's yeah. playing better to get those starts, right? And how great would that be? I know. Right? Freaking mix it up. Yeah, yeah. So, no, that's that's a little bit of the cool part. But, you know, I've been watching those guys for a long time, and, and, and uh, Thomas Bjorn's been touting these guys for a long time. You know, they're they're from Denmark, and uh, he's been saying how, how good of a player they were as kids and they're now growing up, and they're showing it. I mean, these guys, you know, Rasmus and Nikolai, they win one or two times each on the PGA Tour uh, so, you know, Hey, look, great. Thanks for those guys. And it, one of those guys are going to be, are going to be, is going to be on the Ryder cup team just be, probably because of some of the defections from live golf. Right. Uh, but also they're probably deserving if they're not going to get in this year, you know, going into the future, you know, they look steady as kind of stalwarts potentially being on that Ryder cup team. So, um, yeah, Wallace, and apparently I missed this last week at the Valspar. So apparently we know he tied for seventh at, at the Valspar last week. Uh, but apparently got into a heated argument with his caddy uh, for, I guess, a shot on the 18th off the cart path. Yeah, and I don't know what the argument was about. I went back and I looked at, I found it on YouTube, of course. I, I didn't see any of this last week when I was watching Valspar. Yeah, it was a, it was a bit of a, um, a miss club. You know, he he had that he had a he had a shot that his caddy was going back and forth, and he 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 missed club. I mean, if you if you watch the golf shot, he he thought he hit it clean, but he was. 40, 50 yards short. So obviously oh. it was a miss club. It was a miss club by the caddy. Uh, you know, all all was good. All ends up all was good due to the fact that he got up and down for par. Uh, so they they hugged it out. Right. It was cool. They had a they had a discussion, and you know Matt Wallace is is known out there in the golf circles as being a little bit of a hothead, anyways. Uh, so you know to have a caddy that kind of throws it back to him a little bit, I thought that was I thought that was pretty interesting. But yeah, it was certainly a miss club. Um, and maybe the caddy did it for a reason to know he was going to get it up and down or potentially get it out there. But, uh, yeah, it, that, that was certainly was. And like I said, what I heard, it was, it was more of a miss club than anything else. So in that situation, cause you've been, you've been there before, like, how, I mean, that's ultimately on the golfer though, right? The golfer can certainly overrule the caddy. And if the Dolph, if the golfer's 
in a disagreement with, on yardage or the type of shot. We see Jordan Spieth do it all the time. He'll overrule his caddy, and he'll just take the shot that he wants. So, I mean, I can get you being upset because the caddy may have misinformed you or, you know, you, you rely on him for those things. But ultimately, I mean, you can change that, right? Of course. Yeah, of course. But, you you know, as golfers, you know, we're weird people, man. We're never wrong. Yeah, like we're true. never we got to blame it on somebody, whether it's the wind conditions or 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 the turf or, you know, there, there's a lot of things we blame stuff on. Uh, and some of those incidents, most of those times, those caddies, man, they got to have big shoulders, man, because they're getting they're getting cursed at. It's always their fault. It's never the player's fault. But ultimately, most I mean, 99 percent of the time, it's the player's fault. We're we're hitting the shots. The caddies aren't. They're just trying to give some, uh, you know, reassurance or whatever type of relationships they have. But um yeah, no, listen, he like I said, Matthew Wallace has been notorious for just blowing up at caddies. He's run he runs through them pretty good. Does he? Uh, you know, he runs through them kinda like you do some things and that's probably well, on the next show. But so Wow, you're the one that. that brought that. I don't know what you're you're talking about like pasta strainers, right? Yeah, yeah. Because I do pizza. run through some pasta strainers. Pizza. I do run through some pizza too. Yeah, pizza's good. Uh, and that's you know, that's a unique kind of relationship, right, between a golfer and a caddy because you're not really friends. You're not supposed to be friends in most cases. It's more of a business arrangement, right? Yeah, I mean, the, the best ones, you have that good balance, right? Sure. You know, you know, in any business or, you know, even out there, they, you know, they, the caddies are working for the players. But sometimes, sometimes you got to take, as a player, you got to take that tough medicine. And, you know, telling that the player is wrong and trying to talk him out of anything. But also on the player side, we also think we can do anything. Yeah. All right. And, you know, the ego, the ego there and things of that nature. So, you know, you got to have a good relationship with that caddy to tell it, to tell him, be able to listen and say, hey, man, we are wrong. And uh, to have that big, strong voice potentially, uh, that, that definitely helps. But Matthew Wallace not listening to any of that, man. So right. he's, you know, he's been in good form. Didn't surprise me that he won. He was one of the higher ranked players in the field. So. And I mean, golfers, like you said, are going to have egos. If they screw up a shot, they're going to, they're, especially on TV, yep. they're not going to make it look, you know, other than maybe Jordan Spieth, aren't going to make it look like it was their fault. They're going to go off on somebody, the, the turf, the wind, your caddy in some cases. We got rabbit ears too. I mean, yeah. it's always a sound or something. You know, like I said, it's never our fault. Uh, so, of course, like we talked about at the beginning of the show, the victory doesn't get him into the Masters, but it will get him into the PGA Championship and the Century Tournament of Champions next year at Kapalua. Uh, Hogart had a long two-putt birdie on the par 5, 14th, a clutch clutch 12-foot birdie putt on the par 3, 17th to get within one and have a chance at Wallace, but his putt narrowly missed, and he had to settle for being the runner-up. That was a nice putt, too, by the way. That was a a hard, hard putt that he just barely missed. Tyler Duncan, PGA rookie Sam Stevens tied for third. Uh, Any huge surprises coming out of here for you? You know, not really. I mean, more surprised to me is you never really saw the wind blow that much down there. I mean, that place can get nasty, and we talked about it last week. I played in, I've actually played in that tournament before, at a different golf course, but right there on the water, especially this time of year in the spring, uh, that place can that place can blow, and um, it it just you got you got the kind of steady winds, the twenty mile an hour winds, which is normal there. That's like a calm day anywhere else, but um, that was a little bit surprised to me that they didn't get the. The wind blowing that much, but I thought everything held pretty pretty much at four. Maybe Joel Damon not playing as well. Um, that I thought he was. Yeah. He hadn't been he hadn't been coming in the form. We had him on our card. You know, a couple guys we had on our card that maybe didn't uh come to fruition, but you know, not really. Fair enough, fair enough. Well, let's get into those picks. You mentioned the card. Uh of course we pick. Uh really Johnny's picks are the ones you want to pay attention to every week. He'll give you the uh the picks before the tournament, your winners, your top tens, your top twenties that you need to bet on, as well as during the tournament. Uh getting in on Saturday, your matchups for the weekend. He'll give you your Saturday matchups and your Sunday matchups, if indeed there are any to give. But uh when then I of course I do mine just for fun because everybody gets a good laugh. Mm-hmm. Especially you. Yep. You like to laugh at my picks. Don't well, you? not only that, I just know who to eliminate. When I pick them, you're like, <laughs> oh, all right, scratch them off. Check that off. Uh, well, let's get into our picks. I will get into mine first here for the uh, Corrales. We get into our production value here. Johnny, I had three picks. I always pick a winner, a top 10, and a top 20. And, man, I I didn't do so well this week. This week? I've done well before. Before? I mean, you know, there is 52, well week, 52 week. weeks or in a year. You know, there is that. Let me rephrase that. I didn't do well on my picks this week. Okay. <laughs> How's that? That's better. Uh, as I had as my winner, Thomas Dietrich. Tied for eighth at 13 under, though. He was kinda, he's kind of in it. That wasn't bad. 
Uh, the guy with the weird mustache and pants that should not be allowed on the tour, Eric Van Royen, tied for 56 at two under. He didn't pass go. He didn't collect no, two under. No, he did not. He Pro- certainly, certainly Pro- didn't. Probably had his monocle out there, too. Monopoly man. My top 20, uh, who I believe was on your card as well, I had Aaron Bad- Baddeley. Apparently, there was an R in there last week. Batterly. Yep. Uh, is it Batterly or Baddeley? It's Baddeley, but you, okay, you, I put the you R decided to change his name. So. Well, only on like one place. Okay. And it was an autocorrect, I believe. I'm going to blame blame that on Apple. You're a golfer now, right? You blame everybody right. on everybody else? I blame it on my caddy. That was my <laughs> caddy that did that. Uh, tied for 46 to 400, so I wasn't even close other than the tied for eight for Thomas Dietrich, and I had him to win. Um, but uh, it was fun to pick, and i tell you what, Dietrich, I know he struggled at times throughout the tournament, but I really thought even going into Sunday he was going to have a chance to, to get close. Um, but Johnny's picks are the ones that you want to pay attention to, the ones you're putting your money on. Johnny's Picks is always brought to you by Golf Central Magazine over at GolfCentralMag.com. It's philanthropy. Philanthropy? Boy. It's philanthropy. Monday. Monday blues. Golf lifestyle. He didn't drink yesterday. That's why. <laughs> Golf lifestyle. Just everything over at Golf Central Magazine. Check them out at GolfCentralMag.com. The new March issue is out. So please give those boys a check out over there at your leisure. We'll see you over at GolfCentralMag.com. Who'd you have, Johnny? Yeah, we had a nice week. We we actually made a good profit this week with our picks on the WGC. We'll get into that after the break. And then uh, down there in the Corrales Championship, yeah, so our first pick, again, a little bit of surprise. He didn't fare as well as we thought. Joel, Name, Joel Damon uh, tied for 50th at minus three. Uh, Taylor Pendrith just got off to a terrible start. I mean, he got off to a great start, but kind of – didn't play well on the second or in, on the second day, but he made the cut. He was uh, t seventieth at plus three. Uh, Emiliano Grillo, same situation. I thought he'd play better. He really surprised me. I don't know what's going on with that guy. Uh, surprising that he's not playing as well. He's got the guy's got too much talent to even finish seventieth in a in a second tier event. Doesn't That's really bad. And this is a perfect place for him. This is how he kind of grew up. So this is not really something. Something's going on. I need to find out a little bit more. Uh, you know, this guy's been. Top 50 in the world for, for last yeah. year. So, I, whether it's injuries, I need to find out a little bit more what's going on with Emiliano Grillo. But he finished. Um, Give him a text. Yeah, I need to send that text out. It'll be in Spanish. Yeah. Good day, mate. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be in Spanish. <laughs> T70th minus, uh, plus three, our uh, ham sandwich. Uh, somebody hassled the Hoff because he missed Man. the cut. Man. Yeah, a little, little disappointing for, uh, that was for ugly. Chuck. For, for Chuck, so didn't play well, but that's why he's our ham sandwich. Hassled the Hoff. Someone hassled the Hoff. Yeah, yeah, so uh, not very good there. But <laughs> we did have two cash-ins, some nice cash-ins. We did top 10, Thomas Dietrich, T8, minus 13. Got some nice candy there. Uh, Aaron Baddeley, again, he was up there after the third round. I thought he just didn't play well second round to potentially jump in that top 10 spot, but he just could, he couldn't get there. Uh, not sure why. Two top 20 picks, Chad Ramey, little uh, – he shot 71 the first round and withdrew. So that's, yeah, I didn't. I never did hear what happened. The defending champion there. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't hear anything either. I never did. Uh, so you know, I don't know what I don't know what the deal is. He might have got drank some water or something that was bad. Or <laughs> don't drink the water. He might he might have went to one of those. Uh, <clears throat> uh, we'll talk about that later. Uh, hello, uh, Nancy Gerber. Yeah, by the way, yeah, welcome to the show. Some of those other places that I heard that were down there, just heard about them. It's a rumor. That, that's a rumor. We that don't know they exist. That might have got him in trouble a little bit, but uh, that, that's another story. But And we, we also did cash in uh, with a nice little cash in on Bryce Garnett at T8 to finish in the top 20. I wish I had jumped him in that top 10 because that paid about 1800 Yep. Uh, but we did make some really good money there on him at T8 at minus 13. So an, a profitable, profitable uh Start to the tournament with the, with the Corrales, so we made some money there, and we'll talk a little bit later on how we made some really good money with our matchups in the WGC. But yeah, we're up, we're we're, we're gaining on it, guys. Long season still left, a lot of picks coming up. Obviously, with the Masters, big betting week with the Masters, so we might we might do really well, or might be completely broke after the Masters. So, but we'll we got a little bankroll. We're catching up. We're still a little bit in the red, but uh, we're, we've caught up really well on our matchups and had a positive week on our matchups for WGC. It was a good week. And we'll, we're going to get into more you know, positives, I think, with the WGC. Yep. Uh, we will talk WGC over on the other side. We are going to take a quick break, pay some bills, drink some water. I said water. Water? Because uh, that's what we do around here. We have water. We have water. Water. Can I get a Water. Uh, and we will be back on the other side to talk WGC. We are from the rough on FanStream Sports. We'll be back. 
sports fans. Fan stream sports. Jeeves Law Group. I've known Scott Jeeves for quite some time, and he's just like us, a huge college football fan, but he's not just another PI attorney. He is a ferocious advocate for his clients. Scott Jeeves is a board-certified civil trial lawyer and a certified circuit court mediator practicing in Tampa Bay for over 30 years. He is an AV preeminent rated civil trial lawyer and certified circuit court mediator. Folks, these designations are not just given out. They're given only to the best trial attorneys. But more than anything, Scott takes these cases personally. I've heard it from his clients. He's a fighter you want on your side. Insurance companies hate it when they see you're represented by Jeeves. He's just different. 727-894-2929 or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. That's J-E-E-V-E-S LawGroup.com and tell them JP sent you. Guys, let me tell you about Bay Area Modern Medical Center. Are you experiencing low sex drive, fatigue, hot flashes, moodiness, and you just don't feel like you have the vitality you once had? You're not just getting old. It's likely low testosterone. Studies over the last 20 years show a shocking decline in younger males aged 16 to 39. Older men have seen a sharp decline as well. Do something about it. Go see my friend Christopher Lugo at Bay Area Modern Medicine. Testosterone replacement is not a frivolous treatment. It takes a professional targeted approach that focuses on total body wellness, vitality, and emotional stability. Not a one-size-fits-all approach like many clinics use. They will monitor your blood work and adjust your treatment as needed for optimal results. Call 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Now is the time to make sure your home insurance is in order. In the last year, many of us have made improvements to our homes. So call the folks at Italiano and discuss these upgrades to make sure you have enough coverage. According to a recent report, almost 64% of homeowners don't have enough insurance on their home, which is their most valuable asset. Also, a great time to make sure you have flood insurance. Even if your mortgage company does not require flood insurance, your home could still be at flood risk. Another big item as we enter hurricane season is making sure your pool enclosure is added to your policy and there will be no issue at claim time. That happens a lot. So call your friendly agent at Italiano Insurance to review your policies today. 813-877-7799 or italianoinsurance.com. Attention, if you are home shopping or looking for a refinance, and even if you already have the approval letter, you must call my man Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services. Scott has a brand new program available in the greater Tampa Bay area called the Community Advantage Loan Program. Get this, no money down, no mortgage insurance, no points, no origination fee, purchase or refinance, and loan amounts up to $647,000. Now, there are some application requirements. It must be a single-family home, one unit, primary residence, and have a minimum 640 credit score. The program only applies to certain neighborhoods, so you have to call to find out if you qualify. So call Scott Fitzgerald at 813-294-7595 or email him at scott at amstampa.com. Now, even if you don't qualify for that program, Scott will shop your loan around, get you the best rates, and won't charge you the huge upfront fees. And if you've had issues with your bank calling you back, Scott will return calls immediately or at least the same day. 813-294-7595 or email him scott at amstampa.com scott fitzgerald mls 386-722 american mortgage services 1000 north ashley drive suite 1020 temple coming back at you now more fans dream sports hello golf fans welcome back to from the rough here on fan stream sports i'm indy cartim that is john pga of america member gerber we're having some fun here from the FanStream Sports Studios in Dallas. We just got done talking about the Corrales Punta Cana Championship. Matt Wallace's first career win. Some other interesting things. It's time for some WGC Dell Technologies match play. We need to remind everybody this portion of the show brought to you by Turf Life. It's not just an apparel brand. It's a lifestyle brand. Turf Life is the brand that salutes the consumer and the industry players everywhere whose lives involve turf. It addresses the games we play and the jobs we do. Turf Life showcases sports, business, education, and our enjoyment of the outdoors. Head over to turflife.club 
Become a turf head and join the club today. Snag your window decal or any of the other special turf life accessories or apparel over at turflife.club. And I'll see you there. Thank you, Turf Life. Appreciate those boys mm-hmm. and girls. Yeah. Um, especially the girls. I appreciate them a little bit more than the others. I know you do. Um, Johnny WGC, and you were there. I was. Tell us a little bit about you going down. Uh, you went down early in the week, right? You got to see some of these guys. We talked about it on the preview last week. But you got to see some of these guys kind of getting warmed up and getting ready for the tournament. Yeah, well, like we talked about last week, was pretty lucky to get down there, get some opportunities to start kind of my – I don't want to say if it's my reporting career because it might be one. (laughs) Might be done. done. I only got kicked out, I think, two places that they told me (laughs) that I wasn't allowed to go. But you know me. I was going to try to push the envelope. I was trying to get in everywhere I could until – You're not a player anymore, Johnny. You're not a player. I know you gave me some pretty good advice. I did when I before I went down there, but you know me, I don't listen very well. And I was like, you can't think like a player anymore. No, you're so. a media member now. No, it, it took me the first date a little bit to get my feet wet. The weather was terrible, and it was I didn't you know cold, wet, and rainy, and you know my my me I didn't I forgot my umbrella and things that like that. So I don't even play golf when it's raining right. and fifty degrees or cold. Alone, yeah, let alone be outside and cover it. So. No, it was a great opportunity. I, I got to see a lot of things and some people that I haven't seen in a long time, which is great. A little bit better inside on what's going on. It didn't really help me on my, on my picks. Well, it did a little bit. Not at the beginning, it didn't. Um, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But, uh, no, it was really cool, man. And, and I was going to go down and play and do Valero uh, this week, but uh, with, with all the stuff we have going on mm-hmm. here in the studios and – with uh, FanStream Sports, I'm going to take this week off uh, and then kind of get geared up for the couple events coming up in six weeks or a month here, the Byron Nelson, the Colonial, and then I'll go up and do Memorial up in Columbus. So, no, it was a great opportunity to get on the grounds, walk the golf course, be inside the ropes. Uh, no, it was cool, man. You know, to, to some of the things that, that I kind of noticed, these guys are big these days, man. I mean, these guys are like real athletes, real, real athletes. And there's no guys smoking heaters on the driving range and, you know, things like that, man. These guys are all business, all serious. And I I started the day before the tournament went down for to start with the practice round. And just being on the range with them, I mean, I'm literally, you know, three yards from them just there. You know, you don't say much. Uh, Friends with some caddies and still friends with a couple players, but – these guys are all businessmen. They got their coaches there, and and they're they're working. And um, that was a little hard thing for me. The balance of you know I don't want to mess with them and ask mm-hmm. for an interview while they're working because I kind of get that part. But it it's not like it used to be, man. And there's not a lot of joking around out there on the driving range. And you know, listen, it's it's the best. You know, it it's one of the best tournaments in the world. This thing. So it's a it's a big, highly elevated event. So go down there, get my feet wet, and this was cool. Um, so I'm looking forward to kind of, you know, doing a few other things, you know, down the road uh, with him. But, no, it was cool. Some players that I kind of missed on that I thought were going to have some good success this week didn't even get out of their pods. And um, I think I got kicked off a couple of shows that I usually do through the week. They just didn't ask you to they they didn't come ask, on, did they? They didn't ask me to come on. Uh, <laughs> we can always come on this one. I appreciate it. I mean, it's your show, yeah, so. Yeah, thank you. But, no, no. All kidding aside, it was – I didn't get kicked off. It was just uh, – I, I hit a couple foul balls on, on some of these things, but I also I also we ended up pretty well on the game on the betting side. Uh, so no great experience. Uh, this is unfortunately the last year for the match play. So we'll mm-hmm. see what happens. Man, I hate that too. Yeah, I hate, we talked about it Wednesday on the preview show. I I hate that because this is maybe the most fun uh, that you get out of, out of the majors and and you know the fifth major and all of that. At least to me, it's the longest week though. I mean, it is, and I get it for the players. I mean, I get it. It is a long – well, for the ones that finish well, it's a long week. And especially that golf course. It's 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 really difficult to walk. I mean, it's it's extremely hilly. Yeah. Um, and it was really difficult to walk. You know, those guys – and Sam Burns, who won, I mean, I think he played 120 holes, right? Or maybe maybe even more than that, 125 holes. In a normal PGA tournament, he plays 72 yeah, holes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you know, again, it was more – I think for those guys, it was more mental – I mean, it was as mentally difficult – as physical difficult playing that many holes and and, and and competing. So yeah, I mean it was it it's an interesting event. Sorry for it, that it goes. Um and yeah, and we're we're gonna miss it for sure. So, you know, going into Sunday morning, if you'd have told me Sam Burns was gonna come out on top, 
probably wouldn't believe to you, especially out of who was remaining, you know, going into Sunday. But apparently he didn't see it that way, and he throttled Cameron Young 6-5 and five in the championship match. It wasn't even close, and I probably wouldn't, going into that, I probably wouldn't have called that result either, you know? Yeah. Um, nobody asked me to, but I probably would have taken Young going into that. Um, I didn't. I took Sam Burns. I know you did. That's why you do what you do. That's right. I mean, for the love of God, I had uh, Max Homa winning the whole thing when the week started, so. Oh, uh, well. I mean, hey, he advanced. He did. He got out of his pod, which he is did. great. Yeah, that's a good start for you. He did. That's so, a good start for you. We'll get in. We'll get into our picks here coming up here towards the end of the segment. But uh, you know, the day began with somebody going to be champion, and you know, Scott. I'm sure everybody thought Scotty Scheffler, right, or, or Rory, um, coming out of all of that. But uh, man, Sam Burns just had something going on that was special, especially on Sunday. I think probably Saturday and Sunday. I didn't watch a lot of him early in the week, uh, so I don't really know how the early part of the week translated into the weekend for him. You know, again, I didn't see him much. But, man, whatever it was that he was eating over the weekend down there in Austin, we need to find out what it was because I want some of that. Yeah, no, it was it was, it was was a week at the beginning of the week, kind of same thing as you. I didn't really see him coming out. I mean, there was nothing that, you know, when I was down there that really jumped out to say, hey, man, listen, he's going to have a great week. I, I didn't think he was hitting a very – I didn't think he was hitting a great on the driving range. Um, he was sitting a solid, but I didn't think he was hitting a great. He didn't really have a lot of gadgets like some of these guys right. had on there. So I knew his, he was in good form. He looked like he was pretty fit. He was kind of going around, but there was nothing that really jumped out at me that said, boy, he's got a chance to really win this week. But uh, that just goes to show the solid play that he did. He boarded, he boarded 43% of his holes. 43%. The tour average on a normal PJ is like 22%. Right. That's crazy. That's crazy. And I think his putter – Especially the last, you know, the last two matches, he putted the ball fantastic. I mean, he he hit it, he hit it as good as he needed to hit it. But his putter was fan, his putter was amazing. Especially that last round, he birdied eight to thirteen holes playing Cam Young in the last yeah. match. Eight to thirteen holes, eight on that golf course. That's insane. And it's you know you you, you make eight birdies in thirteen holes. I mean, you're going to beat a lot of people, and that's just what he did. And you know he didn't. He didn't give away holes. You know, that's a little bit of the key secret to match play. He didn't – he was never out of a hole. All the 120 holes that he played and all the matches that he played, he was never out of a hole. So, you know, that just goes to show you he was playing solid. And as soon as his putter started getting hot, burning for – like, I've never heard him. 43 – burning 40, 43% of your holes. Yeah. I mean, like I said, he, he – I mean, the guy just won the golf tournament. No one, no one gave it to him. He didn't give it to anybody else. He just went out there and won. You know, and good for him. So you start thinking about a guy like Sam Burns potentially going into the Masters next week. I mean, is he going to be two or three favorites? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I there's no way. He, wouldn't. He, 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 has, he has all the attributes. He hits the ball far. He puts the ball good. Those greens are every bit as hilly and undulating as Augusta. So, you know, it, it, it maybe takes a week off, gets a little bit of rest. But I don't even like that. Here's why he's playing so well. He's getting so hot. Maybe his momentum goes down a little bit, taking a week off and kind of slows him down. But, uh, you know, I, I certainly believe he's got to be one of the top five favorites going into Augusta next week. And that's crazy to think about when, when we started the year. Um, I don't know that his name would have come up in our top three or five f- favorites yeah. going into Augusta for sure. But uh, Burns shot out in front past Scheffler, three up through the first three holes of the semifinals. Uh, but Scheffler battled back. By the time the two took the inward half, it was Scheffler, not Burns, who was in command. Scheffler's lead doubled with a birdie on the 10th, his fourth in five holes. Uh, but Burns absorbed his blows, clawed back with birdies at 13 and 15 before a pinpoint iron shot on 17, force-fed Scheffler a taste of his own medicine. Scotty's not used to seeing that stuff against the guy, right, playing him. He's used to be... He's he's one that does that to yeah. other guys. Yeah, and they're such good friends, right? I mean, they're, yeah, they're you, pals. You've, you've heard the story all, all through the huh? coverage. If 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 uh, you've watched the coverage, they they talk about they travel together and they go on vacations together. They grew up together in junior golf and all that stuff. So, yeah, they're very familiar with. I mean, that's a little bit that could be a little bit touchy too, right? Playing one of your best friends, uh, you want to you know you want to kick him in the forehead and and bury him underground, but also is you know it's hard to. Yep. I don't. I don't feel sorry for either of those two guys, to be honest. No, not at all. I mean, you know, that's that's a pretty good payday they had. But no, that was a great match. And you know, going into that, I mean, you know, everybody anticipating Scotty and uh, Scotty and Rory battling it out, but they did battle it out. But unfortunately, that was for third and fourth place, not for right. first and second. 
So um, that's what everybody was kind of anticipating. But I, I didn't think it it got lost. Uh, you know, Young and um, Young and Burns playing. I don't think it got lost in the television coverage. I didn't think it was boring. No, not at all. Having that match between Scotty and Mm-mm. and McElroy. So yeah, I listen. I, you, you're looking at you know four of the top ten up and rising stars or superstars on the PGA Tour. Cam Young, Scotty Scheffler, Sam Burns, and Rory McIlroy. I mean, if you you got all those guys under thirty years old, I mean, the golf's in pretty pretty damn good shape. Oh, for sure. And when you look at Young, the the weekend that he had, his first four days, he played his first eighty one holes and thirty two under. I mean, think about that. I mean, just to get where he was, uh, he he would all have uh, he, but he won only one hole, the par four second in the title fight, grabbed an early one up advantage. He slowed down. I think. He probably got tired. It looked to me like he got tired. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, it, there towards the end, and Burns just sort of smelled blood in the water and went after it. Uh, eight birdies over the course of the final 10-hole stretch. He totaled 48 birdies for the week. Um, by the time the pair stepped off the green on the par 4, 13th, a six-up lead, and the final World Golf Championship trophy were in the hands of Burns. Uh, as Again, like you said, I, this is it. It's all yeah. <laughs> it's all. I uh, guess that's it. Yeah, as we as yeah. we often say here on the show. But um, so Burns, of course, a winner three times in the 2021-2022 season. Um, you know, he, and to me, he's one of these guys that kind of takes a back seat to the bigger name guys. I mean, often you know, yeah. Scheffler, uh, McElroy. You don't ever mention him up there with those guys, but I kind of feel like he's getting up there where you might start have to do that. Yeah, once he wins a major, right? And I think it's kind of inevitable yeah. that he does win a major. It's it's kind of seems like that's the next progression, the next step for him, is to start start contending in the majors. He hasn't really got to mm-hmm. that step yet. Um, you know, I, I'm, I I like the setup for Augusta with him. He hits the ball high. He shapes it the right way. Mm-hmm. He puts the ball obviously with, with the way he puts it now is good. So you know, I think if he's got has an opportunity to win his first major, I think Augusta sits uh, fits him perfectly. And you know, and why not, right? I mean, he hits the ball plenty. He hits the ball plenty far, and he hits the ball plenty high. So that's that's a couple of the secrets that you really need to have uh, for Augusta. But going back a little bit, I think this is uh, Rory is playing so well, and you know, Rory Rory didn't hasn't beat himself. He didn't beat himself this week. He he got beat. Right. He played pr- plenty well, and that's sometimes what happens in match play. Um, Rory just didn't beat himself, and I think I think Rory's playing. Rory's playing as well as he's had as he's played going into Augusta in a long time. Yeah, and he's um, hot. Yeah, I, I think it, 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 his chances to go in Augusta to win to win the Masters is as good as it, it's been in years. He's playing as well as he has, and I really like his form. I had a I think you and I, you and I talked a couple days ago about uh, about the interaction, little interaction I had with Rory down uh-huh. there at the, at, at the WGC and. Just to let everybody know, you know, golf's in great hands. The guys put the PJ Tour on his shoulders, and there's another. And I wasn't really, I, I wasn't really uh, rah rah on Rory until I met him this week, this past week. And uh, I, I've never been more impressed with a superstar in my life. I mean, I've been fortunate to play golf with. I mean, you, there's difference between star and superstar mm-hmm. in the in the world of sports. I mean, you have your Jordans, your Gretzkys. You know, your LeBrons and, you know, whoever you have in your baseball. I mean, Rory is superstar. Tiger. Rory's a superstar. He is in that category, and he is the most approachable, humble uh, superstar that I've ever met in, in the world of sports. And I was, I was blown away uh, by him um, in terms of a person and doing a little quick interview with him down there. And uh, <clears throat> the, PGA Tour, the PGA Tour did it right and no, knew what they were doing when they relied on him to kind of be the face of the PGA Tour, it's a great choice. And he's and he is he's up for the challenge, man. And like I said, uh, hats off to Rory. Uh, we're talking about the payouts and kind of with the, that twenty million dollar purse for the WGC. Let's look at real quick at how the winners' pay turned out. I as think I get my cut a little bit, don't I? Yeah, you're, I think your cut's involved in this just a little bit. I got to pay some bills. Let's see if you're on the screen here. I don't know. I don't see your name here anywhere. Okay. Uh, on I, didn't get out, I didn't get out of my pod. For those of you who didn't get out. <laughs> man, I never get out of my pod. I, I need a bumper sticker that says that. I didn't get out of my pod. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> uh, but here's your payouts for the top four if you're watching on video, if you're listening to the recorded podcast either now or later. Uh, Sam Burns takes home $3.5 million out of the $20 million purse. Cameron Young finishing second, $2.2 million. 
Rory McIlroy, $1.42 million. And Scotty Shuffer for fourth place, $1,145,000. Not a bad payday for any of these guys, for sure. You know, it was a funny comment. He didn't say it. He said it about um, Scheffler. Uh, Sandberg said it about Scheffler after they finished their their uh, semifinal round, and they talked to him afterwards. He's like, you know, what do you think? What do you think about playing your best friend and uh, <clears throat> in the semifinal round, and you guys both playing well, and you know things like that. And Sandberg said, you know, Scotty's just really good at golf. He's really good, <laughs> and I think that's, that's a, a cool, great I quote. Think, yeah, that's a great. That's a just a. I mean, obviously, Captain, Captain Obvious, right? But that's such a good quote. He's, you know, he's good at golf. Yeah, I have the full quote here. He said, uh, he said, I knew it was going to be a tough match with Scotty. I love him to death, but he's really good at golf. <laughs> very frustrating to play. I got off to a great start. I knew he was going to battle back, and I didn't have my best stuff halfway through the round. I was able to dig deep there, and on the back nine, I started to challenge him a little bit more. But, I mean, you can't say it any better than that, right? No. Scotty's really good at golf. I mean, what else are you going to say? I mean, everybody knows it, but that's just a cool quote, right? Yeah. I mean, when somebody says it, I mean, oh, there's not a bad player on the PGA Tour, but when he says it like that, I thought I th- thought that was great. It puts it into perspective for the rest of us, right? Yeah. Like, even according to these guys who are right there with him, he's really good at golf. Yeah. Uh, Jason Day out in the quarterfinals. He's kind of quietly, I think, been one of the uh, handful of the best players in the world so far in 2023. He's certainly... Had a bounce back year, at least I think he has. Uh, he made it all the way to the afternoon matches on Saturday before falling to Scheffler, who made eight birdies on him and nearly made a hole-in-one to close him out on the 17th hole in their fifth match of the week. Uh, regardless, there's a ton to be optimistic about f- for Day, I think, going into the Masters yeah, and, I was and gonna, the whole major season. Yeah, and I was going to talk about that a little bit, is that, you know, if it, there's a lot of probably, you know, on the golf course side, there's only going to be one winner, for the terms of the prize money and the trophy. But there's a lot of winners this week, and Jason Day was one of them, mm-hmm. uh, competing in this type of event, competing as well as he did. And more so, you know, as tough of a week it was, as long as a week it was, is how many holes you have to play, his back didn't give out on him. Yeah. Right? And that was kind of something I was watching. I watched him a long time on the driving range on Wednesday or on Tuesday. Um, and he, he looked healthy, man. He looks in really good shape. I had a couple words with him. Just, we have the Columbus connection. He lives in Columbus. So, uh, you know, to a point you can't, you don't really want to bother, but he's swinging good. He, he looks like he's swinging about 75% most of the time. And that's probably what he needed to do. Cause he's not short on length. So, um, you know, like I said, there's only one guy can lift that trophy, but there are, there were a lot of winners this week, uh, out there. And there were some losers too. Like I said, there was a couple guys. Um, you know, I touted you all week about uh, Seb Straka, yeah, and Christian Bezadenhoit, and I, I told everybody, you told me on, both those guys looked really good on the range on Tuesday. Yeah, they didn't win a match. No, you know, they didn't win a match, and um, Oops. Uh, that was that was something, and it wasn't so much. Well, they got boat raced a little bit. <clears throat> Thank you for that. Appreciate that. You, you really think I needed that knowing? Well, I mean, I could have done this. <laughs> It's a little insult to injury. There you go. Well, it wasn't for you. I appreciate it. That was for the likes of another guy that I thought was maybe the biggest of all of the losers this week, and that is John Rahm, who lost in group play to both Ricky Fowler and Billy Horschel by going five over without a birdie on an easy golf course for his by his standards uh, and lost to Horschel five up. Yeah. And that is that is – by far a different John Rom than we have seen early in the season when he dominated. Yeah. I mean, what the hell's going on with Rom right now? Um Do you just that, not care about match play? I don't know. It's a you know, it's a huge event. You know, obviously he cares about it. Uh, um all those guys are, oh it's, that's a question I can't answer. You know, I I think I told you I didn't see Rom. I didn't yeah. see Finau. Uh and I didn't see there was one other person that I didn't see hit balls all week. Yeah. Like not not spending any time on the range, and by the way, there are two, there are three guys out there that are monsters. I mean monsters. Tony Finau is one of them. Uh, Sahith Thagala, walking around like a big sloth. I mean, he is a big, big dumpy dude. I mean, he is he is. I'm gonna say I'm trying to say this in the nicest way. And he Here we go. he was he was super nice. Sepp Straka is is a big guy. Here's who shocked me, and I haven't seen him probably for 20 years. Matt Kuchar is a B. 
beast. Mm-hmm. He is a big, big, big dude. And that's why he's able probably to be out there for so, so, so long and sustain it. He's, he's a bit, I mean, he's, he's got a little grandpa belly going on sure. right now. Don't we all? He can still get it. I thought he would beat Jason Day um, in, the, in the match play. You know, he, he tied Tiger's record for the most wins uh, during the match play. So that's how long he's been around. But he still hits it pretty good, man. He's got that little – he got that swing that he kind of owns himself and he doesn't miss the club face much. But he's a big guy just kind of kind of rolling around out there, man, minding his own business. <laughs> you know, a little, here's what I was surprised about. Um, Compared to the kind of the old days when I was out there is that no – like they're, they're not – Com- they're not conversating out there with each other, like right. even on the driving range. Right? They're they're not. It's all business. They're not buddy buddy. They're not. They're out there, got their own places. They might say hey, but they're not joking around with each other, man. And I, like I said, I was there Tuesday before the tournament even started. They're not out there talking about, you know, I mean, let's go have a cold taste or what's for dinner. Or right. they, they're out there with their coach, and they are getting work in, and they they don't. They could care less about anybody else, which is kind of sad a little bit um, because, you know, some of those good old days when they were joking around when the dailies were out there and stuff like that made it more enjoyable. But it's all business for the most part for those guys. <laughs> Let me ask you this real quick. It's something I never thought of, but you mentioned about how they, they're all business there on the on the driving range and that you didn't see some of these guys. Do these guys ever go practice before the tournament off-site? Do yes. they go find somewhere else other than – where they know everybody else is going to be, so they can have some alone time on the on the range. Uh, yeah, a lot of times, and but it wasn't specifically this tournament. Here's why: is because first off, uh, ACC is kind of it's kind of out there, and the traffic is so bad. Yeah, and there's not really a golf course around like that they can kind of go to and then kind of get back. So um, they're kind of on their own deal. But a, a lot of times in different tournaments, if they just you know they want to do that, and there's a golf course closer, yeah, yes, they do. Uh, this week they just they just didn't. Um, you know, I saw a weird stat. Like, I was curious why JT didn't play. Did you hear anything? Because I haven't I, seen anything. I asked a couple questions why JT didn't play the tournament. This, I, I mean, it doesn't really make much difference. He he jumped out of the top ten because he didn't play this week uh, for the first time in like seven years. But it's just odd because I know he's not playing Valero. Um, and I know he needed some. I I, I just thought he needed some reps going into. Going into the Masters, and I'm not saying – I mean, I think this is a place even if you're playing bad, you can get some reps in, try some different shots, right? And and I, I thought I thought that was a mistake for him not to play um, this week just because I just thought he needed some more reps. And it, that was a strange – that was strange to me. Yeah, the only thing I can think of that would be a good reason for him missing this is if he's trying to rehabilitate some injury, make sure he's ready for the Masters and, you know. But I, I, normally you would hear something, and I haven't heard or seen anything that mentions any of that with him. And it's it'd be different if it was just like a normal event, but this is a big yeah, event. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's And the last one. And it's yeah, it's a huge event. So that that was a little shocking to me. There there's it has to be something there that I didn't know or I didn't found, find out when I was out there. Um but here's what I do know. The food in the media center is pretty pretty damn good. <laughs> pretty good. Huh? I think I think I gained like 10 15 pounds yeah. down there. I think I wa- I got it all out by walking uh the place but you imagine traveling with some of these guys, you know, that do that every every I week. Five hundred pounds. Yeah, it's always good. Man. You know they what, take care of the media people. You know what I had that I'd never had before? Meat. What'd you say? Meat. No. Beef. Well, I know you don't ever see me eat. I don't ever see you eat. They had this like grilled corn on the cob that had like feta cheese, like sprinkled feta. Oh wow. Have you ever had that? Uh probably, but I can't think of it. Man. Sounds like a very Texas thing. I took a couple of my Back to my hotel. <laughs> you fill your pockets it up was full good. of food. Man, it was. I was like, "What is this?" I mean, you know, like that charred, you know, the charred corn on the grill. Sure. And then they have it with like sprinkled with like feta. Yep. It's like, man, this is damn good. Listen, you're making me hungry. We need to wrap things up. Let's get into our picks, Johnny, <laughs> uh, for the WGC. And again, you know, it's a little bit. We do things a little bit different for the match play. Uh, I still went went ahead and picked who I thought would win overall. Then I picked a guy that maybe a longer shot that would be a contender. And then I picked a what you normally do, a ham sandwich to win. And uh, I'll let you go over yours as you feel, you know, with all the uh, matchups that you picked over the whole week. Yeah. But on mine, again, I had Max Homa to win. He lost to Hughes in the round of 16. That was a surprise. McKinney it was. played good. It was. I thought Max was a little bit hot, but uh, 
still would like to see him win one of these things. Uh, as a contender, so a little bit longer shot winner, I had Jason Day, who, of course, lost to Scotty in the quarterfinals. And as my super long shot or ham sandwich, I had Adam Hadwin. Kind of based on your your description of him going into the week. And I told you not to pick him. I'm yeah, I know, but I, I know, but that's why I went opposite. That's okay. usually what I do. Okay. <laughs> who, of course, lost to in group play to the, the same group that Burns ended up winning. So, yeah, not the greatest week for me, but it's an average week for me. Like, that's just what I do every week, right? Average, you just don't cash? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's normal. Just, that's what I do every week. Normal week. Johnny's Picks is always brought to you by Golf Central Magazine over at GolfCentralMag.com. Log on today. Check out the March issue for free online. Check out all the great articles. It's kind of a philanthropy, a, a, a travel magazine. It's not just your normal, typical golf like golf monthly or anything like that. they got a lot of fun things in there for you. Go check it out at GolfCentralMag.com. And now let's see how bad Johnny did on his matchups this week. I mean, bad. I did good. This is a good oh, Sorry, week. I meant to say, let's see how good Johnny did on his matchups this week. There you go. <laughs> get off Get off those. This is the first drink you've had in a while. You better get up, stay off that. I'm working on it. No, we had a nice week. We, uh, you know, this is a little bit different week for us. We don't pick an outright winner or ham sandwich. We kind of play the matches and, and try to get people out of the pods. There's a lot of way to handicap this. Uh, this was just my way. But, um... We really struggled through the week. We had a first, we had a bad first couple of days, but we kind of caught up. We went twelve and nine on matchups. We did win. Uh, we did win the semifinal, both semifinals, and the finals that Tim forgot to post for everybody. So uh, you know, all you guys that follows our picks that didn't make the much as much money as you should have because I did post and send it to Tim. The semifinal winners, I did have Cam Young and I did have Sam Burns playing in the finals, and I did have Sam Burns winning. Uh, so blame Tim on this one, guys. I'm looking forward to some of these emails. But 12 and 9 on the on the matchups. Uh, so we profited 245 units on top of the 420, 420 units we did on, on Corrales. So we did a profit of uh, six, 665 units. It gets us still a little bit. Well, now we're under a dime, under 1,000 in the red. So we're still kind of catching up. But that gets our uh, that gets our match play uh, our match or matchups record to what do we have like seven I think it's seventeen and ten on our matchups yeah. uh, when it comes to this so looking real, a little a uh, little bit different I, I think it was twenty two and twenty two and fourteen sorry twenty two and fourteen on our matchups so still looking good on our matchups when it comes to that but a nice profitable week going into uh, going into the this week at Valero. But, yes, we did <clears throat> semifinals. We did have Christian Bezadenhoit. Again, we talked about kind of a disappointing uh, disappointing deal. Uh, you know, one of these things that kind of a little keys to me when I go out to these events and watch guys on the range, I try to find out the guys are not, you know, working on stuff, right? They're not all, got all these gadgets and things on and not with their coaches. They're out there warming up because they know their game is in pretty good shape. So they're just out there warming up, not really working on much going into the tournament. Uh, Christian Bezadenhoit looked like, I don't know. He looked like a robot out there <laughs> on the driver. He had more gadgets on him, man, than I've ever seen. And as soon as I saw that, I wanted to call every every place I do interviews with across the country and tell them I'm sorry that I messed up because he. Once I saw that, I was like, I knew I was in trouble. He was clearly looking for something. Yep, and I uh, and uh, that's kind of got me. And, and a little bit also, uh, you know, Sepp Straka. I was telling Sepp Straka if you watch Sepp Straka hit golf balls on the driving range. Even for those guys, it's super impressive. And I was I was impressed so much how he hit the golf ball. Now that doesn't lend to, you know, him winning or, or winning matches, but boy, it's ultra impressive, man. And I don't know I can see why he's staying out there for the PJ Tour. But this is an event that I think he needed to play well to have some Ryder Cup, you know, yeah, get, get some yeah. Ryder Cup points, man. I I think they need this guy on the Ryder Cup team, um, being from Austria. And I man, it, it really shocked me. Kind of one of my disappointments, and as we talk about the disappointments, I told you about Adam Hadwin, Joey Cruz. Is, um, I talked to him. I was out there, first guy I kind of talked to when I got out there on Tuesday morning. He was kind of working on too many things that I didn't like, and then for him to miss a cut last week at his favorite place, Valspar, yep. I knew that wasn't him coming into this week trying to find something. I knew it wasn't going to be good uh, for him. He did win a match. He, he, he won his last match, I think, uh, just because it didn't really mean anything. Um, so, you know, some of those disappointments, I, I told you guys at the beginning of the week, I think I, I text you, text some people bet against Alex Noren. I watched him score like five chips on the yeah. <laughs> chipping and putting green. 
he had to say four a couple times, and that's not really good. So I knew when that was happening, and he, he came to fruition. He didn't win a match. So that was that was a, a couple of things I was right on. Um, you know, going into this, I like to kind of pick myself what I was right on, what I was wrong on. And uh, I was a little bit good on both. I had some rights and I had some wrongs, but we did come out with a profit. So it's kind of all that matters. So we are we are on to Valero. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. We're on to Valero. Yep. So next week, of course, we've got the Valero uh, starting on Thursday. And uh, we will be back on Wednesday to do the preview for the Valero. 5 o'clock Central Time on all the fans' dream sports outlets. And then uh, the next day on the recorded podcast. We're probably late that night on the recorded podcast. We'd like to get all of those picks out there for you guys. Johnny will have his winning picks. I'll have my unwinning picks just for your entertainment purposes only. Mm-hmm. Bet against them. <laughs> Bet against me. Uh, real quick, uh, we've got just a few minutes. We talked last week, Johnny, about the um, what is it? The RNA and the USGA's proposal to limit the distance that golf balls can fly and the speed they can travel. It's been an interesting uh, out or an interesting situation in this as. Rory McIlroy has come out in 100% complete support of this, which is big because, as you've mentioned, he's the biggest voice for the PGA Tour. Um, and it's everyone's saying that it's, it's probably a likely first step into them adopting it if it becomes an actual local rule. Uh, now, the reason being... Uh, and he and he admitted he goes. This is going to be an unpopular opinion, and I think that's putting it rather mildly, uh, because most of his peers, Justin Thomas, Keegan Bradley, Webb Simpson, have all come out last week against the proposal. So there's no doubt Rory McIlroy has a motive in all of this, <laughs> um, and it's speculated that the reduction in ball flight would probably, but not definitely, help longer, better golfers. So the quote that Rack, that Rory McIlroy had was, he said, selfishly, I think it helps me. I think this is only going to help the better player. It might help the longer player, too, in some ways. But I think it's going to help the overall professional game. I think it makes guys hit some long irons again and some mid irons and being able to hit every club in your bag in a round of golf. I can't remember the last time we've that I've had to do that. I don't know if this change in the ball will make us do that, but it certainly is a step closer to that. So any any comment on Rory and maybe his view of all of this? Because, of course, we came out uh, on Wednesday very against this rule for, mm-hmm. for, for some very specific reasons. Yeah, no, that's his opinion. And, it, you know, I don't know where it, it, it's come from. He has his opinion. And, you know, he'll, he'll tell you, like he just said, he, he prefaced it by saying, you know, it's probably going to be an unpopular opinion. Yeah. You know, I think Rory's very calculated on how he talks these days, and he has a reason for saying that. I don't know what that reason is, so I don't really want to jump on Rory. Uh, this is his opinion. Well, I mean, he said that he thinks it will help him. Yeah. Players like him. And if, if, he's, if he can get an advantage some way, then, yeah, of course he's going to do it. Rory McIlroy is still going to hit the ball far, probably farther <laughs> than anyone. And I'm, I'm 100% going to put this out there pound for pound. He's the longest driver and probably the best driver in the world. That mm-hmm. kind of proved this week. So he's always still going to be long. It's just probably going to eliminate the average guys to be longer. That's probably where he's getting at. Right. So what you're saying is that you can no longer I could hit really? it like Jesus. I can still hit it. I just couldn't hit it. Can't, I can't hit it far. Like can't Jesus. hit it like Jesus. Uh-uh. Maybe we should re- re-record that drop and you should say, I could hit it like McElroy. No, because I can't hit. That. You know what? You know when I was when I was playing, then I hit that ball was that was the ball that they'd probably go back to. Yeah, it was you know that balada ball, and I could still I hit it. I hit it on the screws ninety percent of the time. And this is why you're here with me. That's why I said this <laughs> to you. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up the show this week. We are from the rough on Fanstream Sports. I am Indy Cartim. That is Johnny Gerber, PGA of America member Johnny Gerber. We will be back on Wednesday to preview your uh, Valero from San Antonio TPC. We'll have all the picks, all the bets, and some PGA Tour news for you as it becomes available before Wednesday and all the updates on the players that are playing, who's not playing, why they're not playing, and we'll wildly speculate on stuff like that. Probably won't be accurate, but it's fun to speculate. It's fun. Until Wednesday, boys and girls, keep hitting them straight.
Today's episode is brought to you by the Highlands Performance Golf Center, North Dallas's premier golf practice facility with over 65 grass tees, two practice putting surfaces, a short game area, and an 18-hole mini golf course. With covered and heated tees, it's the best place to practice your game year-round. The Highlands Performance Golf Center is located in Carrollton on Trinity Mills in between Marsh and Midway. Give them a call at 972-733-4111 or check them out on the web at highlandspgc.com. 